Gonna be hot today. Gonna be hot tomorrow, too. It's hot yesterday. Both be hot next week. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's gonna be fucking ice storm and death, probably. No anybody can take care of some teenagers. <laughs> hey, hey, you guys, I gotta ask you a question. You know anybody could take care of some teenagers for me? That was such an odd request. That was the first time we were officially hired to as put a, a, as for a, a hit. Yeah, like, as hired gunman. Like. Yeah. I mean, there was always jokes, but nobody ever actually wanted to give us money. And it was yeah. like 20 bucks or something, too, wasn't yeah. it? He wanted to make it look like an accident. It's like that's. And he didn't even want us to do it. He just wanted us to facilitate him with somebody who could. Yeah. We were just the go-between. Yeah, because we look like a couple of guys who know hired murderers. Hired murderers of teenagers. Yeah. All the be- special kind of fucks. All because they were messing with his truck. It's fucking weird. That was a weird... Is he still alive? He cannot work there anymore. He doesn't work there, but I see him inside the store every once in a while. Did he finally quit or did they fire him for incompetence? <laughs> I think... <he laughs> or for trying to murder teenagers. I think he's just... Good. He's just... I think he just like he just got too fucked up, like he just got too old and just couldn't like, cause that like I see him walking around with a cane now and and shit. So yeah, he didn't look good last time I saw him, but I assumed he was always just like twenty, but he just had some <laughs> kind of old man disease. He he got so uh, I mean like he got so fucked up that he couldn't stand in front of a door. That's pre- yeah, that's or pretty- behind a door. Yeah, when your job there. is door greeter and you can't even stand at the door or sit at the door. That's pretty fucking weird. I mean, we we had guys up there who just, like, didn't even have to stand. They just sat in a chair off. Remember Herschel? Oh, man. He just stood off to the He sat off oh. to the side and didn't even greet anybody. He just swore at people. <laughs> fucking kids. All right. I guess we ought to fucking talk about stuff. We're kind of talking about stuff. Oh, shouldn't have drank all that stuff yesterday. You did drink a lot, like a whole six pack, and uh, then how much of the, what was that that Nate gave you? He gave me some kind of bourbon, Elijah or something or other. And then you finished, which yeah. was like a good, like almost like half an inch left in the bottle. Yeah, there was probably like four shots worth. I was just drinking that straight out of the bottle while we were standing outside. It made me feel kind of like a, a hoodlum, I liked it. <laughs> like I was, drink- I was brown bagging it. And then what was your Jameson? Yeah, I was drinking that too. I drank that when I got home a little bit. And like I said, I watched five minutes of Aquaman and passed out. And that was a wrap. That beer was strong too. It was like Belgians. So it was like. They make a good beer, I've heard. Yeah, it was very high alcohol content. And I ate a lot of cupcakes too. The oh. thing that's what did me in was the cupcakes. How was your shits? Sparkly. Any, any, I was going to say, was there any glitter in them? <laughs> Yeah, I never saw glitter on cupcakes. That was weird. Like, what kind of confectionery has glitter? And I didn't think it wasn't sparkles. It was glitter, like what you fucking get everywhere when you go to like a strip club. I just figured glitter wouldn't be a good thing for you to consume. No, like, what if you accidentally breathe a little in? Just goes into your lungs and causes some kind of disease. I guess it doesn't really matter. So I ate the shits, and it was good. You had a couple. Yeah, I had a couple. I had some pizza. Too much pizza. Well, you only had like two or three slices, right? Yeah, but there's so much grease on it. It is a greasy pizza. Yeah, right. Fucking 
just intro for 20 minutes. Yeah. Let's just do the whole episode's intro, and then at the very end, it's like, welcome to the, and just end it. <laughs> Turn it I, off. I like that episode. <laughs> I like that idea. I don't know. Our numbers have been going up every week, so I think people like our fucking rambly nonsense at the very <laughs> beginning. I think that's a good uh, move. And throughout. Yeah. And throughout. We don't stay on topic very often. Matter of fact, I think our worst episodes are the ones where we stayed on topic most of the time. Yeah, right? Like, whoa, what? No. I listen to this for educational purposes, you fucking buffoons. I listen to this for two assholes to say some fucked up shit. Yeah. That is apparently what we ended up becoming. I, I'm okay <laughs> with it, to be honest with you. To be fair, we that's what we were all along. <laughs> you get, sometimes you just gotta embrace your station in and, life. And to, to, and to be honest... Like, wouldn't that just be the podcast you would prefer to do and just not a podcast solely based on writing? Oh, yeah. You just want to do, like, we're going to just fuck around and talk about bullshit every once in a while. Yeah, that's usually more entertaining. I mean, like in A Knight's Tale, where his whole thing was a man can change his stars and his position in life. Can you, though? <laughs> right? It's- you got to do a lot of work to do that. Who? Ah, fucking don't got time. I'm all right with my position at the bottom of the barrel, floating in the sewage of the world. Oh, let me press a button. Hey there, everybody. This is the DPW Podcast. I am your wonderful, majestic host, Caleb James. With me, as always, Spencer, the Nigerian Nightmare Church. Ooh. I figured we'd go extra exotic. I, I I was gonna say something because I like you name yourself and you're majestic, and like whenever you name me, I'm like <laughs> you're the, not majestic. I'm like I'm like the ass the asshole astronaut from <laughs> someplace. Like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, you don't usually get the most glamorous <laughs> names, but it's fitting. I, I can't argue that. You know what? I go with your character, which is exactly what this episode is about. Yeah, yeah. Today's episode is going to be upon the topic of butt sex and how to... <laughs> no. <laughs> Today's episode is all about creating that perfect author persona. I, I don't have an author persona. No, me neither. I should. You should. There's multiple facets of this. I was going to write down a detailed list of what we should talk about... And then we drank a lot last night, and I didn't do any of that. So we're going to wing it, because that's what our fans deserve. Our half-ass attempt to describe this topic at in great detail, length. In depth. Not detail, just great length. So yeah. we're just going to ramble on and on and on. Don't be surprised if a lot of the answers sound the same. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I'm sure nobody's listening to this for advice anyway. Let's hope not. Who the fuck are these guys? Why are they giving us writing advice? Because I want a goddamn Pulitzer, that's why. <laughs> and then I woke up. Hmm. And then in Universe 57... Yeah. You know what? If there are an infinite set of universes out there, at least one of those universes, we're successful writers. I hope so. I would no, like it to be this one, preferably, but I'll take whatever I can get. You know what? I'd look for successful anything. Not it, even, right? Just anything. Just Even we something that is like... Simple, like a fucking cricket player or something. Something good. Like the most successful darts guy. I would so be the darts guy. Yeah, the bowling man. The fucking, the best crocheter. Oh, there it is. There it is. It was a big, it was just, that, was, that was like three of them. 
It was in there. At least he came out that end. <laughs> I like my dog. His end is, is rotten today. He was fucking... He was hotboxing me a little bit, too, because I was sleeping. He gave me the old Dutch oven. Like, I had the blanket over my head, and his fucking ass slid right under my blanket, and he just he just ripped dog ass so hard, and it's silent, but I just woke up gagging. Like, wah, 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 wah. What the fuck is that smell? It smelled like... It smelled like if you had a rotten egg inside of a dead fish, and that fucking dead fish had, like, floating down the sewer. It was bad. I just like your dog's ability to be able to sneak into bed with you to bless this said stank bomb. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. He had a vendetta (laughs) against me, I think. Because like I said, last night I passed out, so I didn't give him much attention. He was in the living room at some point, I think. I don't remember. I was on the couch. You, you'd think, you know, what would really make that better would be if somehow he was able to uh, bust the dog ass under your sheet, but was able to get out and lay on top of it before you smelt it, oh, yeah. so you get stuck. Oh. That's grody. Oh, anyway. Personas. Personas. Images. I don't know any other words I could use for that. My mind's working at half mass today. I did some writing earlier. Oh. Huh. Well, that's um, good. I'm not, not really, because the no. story I was supposed to publish, I was supposed to write it yesterday, and then publish, actually, I was supposed to write and publish it yesterday as a flash fiction, and I was like, hey, I got book club, I'm going to do a lot of drinking, I'll just, when I get home, do some writing. Yeah, because that... Yeah. That, 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 that that's what would obviously happen in that yeah. scenario. Clearly, that didn't work out. So, I was like, you know what, I'll wake up Saturday morning feeling lovely and refreshed, because, you know, that's what happens after a night of hard drinking, and At I'll write this story... And I'll publish it at noon. Well, I didn't get out of bed till like 11.30. So I was like, well, 3 o'clock's a good time. So I started writing at 2.30. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I should take a nap before the podcast. <laughs> I gotta be refreshed. Yeah, so I wrote till like 3.30, 4 o'clock. And then I uh, I took a little nap there. And then you texted me. That oh, you're so, yeah, over. so you just got up then. I literally just, like, my phone was in the living room. If I didn't get up because the dog's nasty ass all day... <laughs> I would have totally missed that, and you would have just came home with me naked in the bed with the dog. It would have been weird. Well, you just would have left the doors were unlocked, like I just walked in. Oh, fuck. Of course. Caleb! <laughs> like walking into a horror movie, and then you smell that dog mm-hmm. ass smell and think it's a dead body. Like, oh, God, no. Caleb, are you out right in there? You're uh, not naked, are you? Oh, my God! <laughs> Yeah, but that long-winded explanation just pretty much led me to I did not finish the story. So, maybe after the podcast, I'll finish it and post it tonight. I I have a story that I should have actually just scheduled that's just been sitting there. I just thought, you know what, I could finish this story. It's a flash fiction. That won't take long, right? But it, it fucking, it, it is long. You were writing something, weren't you? Yes, I was, um... I was working on a either flash fiction or a very short, short story. I, I like the... Yeah, you are telling me yesterday at the book club, and I really liked the premise of it. Yeah, it, uh, what it's about is... Um, demons. Demons, but in a way that is... Uh, so, like, my like my kind of, like, little short pitch for, for Caleb when I told him about it was, uh, like, you know, you think about the, you know, worst part of dying is... You know, going to the hell and being the tortured and reliving all the terrible things you did and, and all that fun stuff. But, like, imagine the demons that have to put in all the work 
So that happens to, like, all the trillions of people that would be in hell. Yeah, you always think of demons as just, oh, yeah, they're the ones torturing you and evil and all this shit. But what if, I mean, we went over a couple things. What if they were a one-time people and that was their hell or something? Regardless, you know, what whatever your feelings of that are. What if these demons, pretty much like how we, when we worked at Walmart, was just fucking awful. Yeah. And we just hated every day. Well, what if that's the demons, their life? They, oh, great. It's, I, I got to go clean the fucking ass ripping room. It's, it's like the nine, it's like a nine to five almost to them. But like with them being demons in hell, Endless. like, yeah, there's no, you, you get like a, you get like 15 minutes every yeah. like, maybe every clock week. out for lunch once in a while or something. You get like 15 minutes every week or some shit like that, like. Yeah, there's so much you could do with that story, though. You just go on how irritating. Because especially if you go, like, a real strong humor route, you could just describe, like, a torture room. That should be just a horrific scene. But since it's from the demon's point of view, it's just like, oh, great. Like, a guy's hanging upside down or something, and he shits himself and explodes or whatever. Like, oh, great. That's going to be fun to clean up. I was thinking this might be something that I have to, like, to get, like, the idea out. And just so we have something, you know, to... To show to all of our great, lovely fans that, you know, like a flash fiction, but then like something to delve in later to expand on it and and really dive in and and, and dig into it a little bit. Like I'm just picturing this overly elaborate fucking torture room that somebody has to go to. But before they get there, Satan, the fucking overbearing, you know, micromanaging boss of hell is just, you know... He has the demon. He's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And they're just sitting there. Oh, how the fuck are we going to pull this yeah. off in time? Maybe the fucking person who goes to hell gets there and it's not done yet. Yeah. They're like, you got you to sit over there, yeah. buddy. There's no way in hell this will get done. <laughs> da da Should probably get back on topic. Author personas. What the basis of this was, uh, I was reading or watching something about Hemingway. Forget what it was. But, you know, like Hemingway, his whole, he was kind of the originator, I would say, of like a real author persona because he was one of the first authors, other than maybe Edgar Allan Poe, who was real famous or just as famous for their writing as they were for their real life. Everyone knows Hemingway was the manly man. He went on all kinds of fucking crazy adventures all around the world, was in wars and shot shit and did all kinds of wild stuff. So that's when you think of Hemingway, you always, always think of that. Always rocking a mad beard. Yeah, always rocking the mad beard or the mustache. And then, uh, you know, we always cover Hunter S. Thompson on here. Well, he was the fucking madman. He was a wild fucking drug-fueled beast of a man who did all kinds of crazy shit, and he went all around the world. The, the, the people that, that people know but have never read any of their work. Yeah, you know more about the author in some of these cases than you do their work. Now, Stephen King, he is more of... Stephen King is the kind of example where most people know his work, but they still associate Stephen King with horror, even though he has a lot of books that aren't horror. But, you know, he's the fucking... The master of horror, the fucking greatest storyteller. So, like, that's his author persona. And in the 80s, obviously, Cocaine Maniac. Yeah. Uh, And then, uh, you know, off-air, we were touching on, like, Chuck Palahniuk, how he has, like, Fight Club, so that's kind of his persona... And I think Kurt Vonnegut, he was, I think, a struggling writer at one point. And I want to say he worked for, like, an ad agency or something. So he kind of knew how to market things. So he marketed himself as, like, this kind of offbeat guy. That's what brought his audience was that persona he had, even though his writing ability stayed the same. So I kind of wanted to discuss, like, what do you think is 
Like, how important do you think an author persona is to success? Because it's almost like a wrestling gimmick where you could be the best, you know, professional wrestler in the business, like ability-wise, but if you don't have a gimmick that draws the fans in, nobody gives a shit. I mean, I guess that's going to vary from case to case for each person and what you want to get out of your career. Like, you, like before you, the show, you told me when we were going over ideas for the for the episode, you mentioned, like, somebody may not be, like, uh, you, you were talking about Ponick, like, he couldn't write a romance novel if he really wanted to because people wouldn't probably dig it because they wouldn't associate that with him. Yeah, just because it's Chuck Palahniuk, they would, but, even if he wrote it really well, they just might not dive into it like but, they would because it's him. But uh, that made me think of, like, all those authors that get stuck at like romance seems like one of those genres once you get known for that it's hard to do anything else like you know you got like your nicholas boxes and your daniel Steele's, who even write different kind of stories but like if somebody told you like daniel still got a new book coming out which is highly likely she has like three of them a month now it seems really? like Oh, uh, but you like your first thought is like, oh, I bet, I bet that's some kind of rom- romance, yeah. kind of, even though that it might not be. Well, like if Nicholas Spark wanted to write a really like a gory gothic horror story, how many people are going to go to that if they see his name on it? Yeah, I mean, maybe he would get readers just because it'd be interesting if he could do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure like you'd get his fans. They'd be like, well, it's a Nicholas Sparks book. I'm going to mm-hmm. buy it. But also, what if that turns off Nicholas Sparks fans because yeah. that's not why they read his books? Fair, that's a fair point. I feel like Stephen King gets that every once in a while when he puts out like a not necessarily a non horror book, but say the Elevation book. Yeah. When I was reading the reviews on that, I thought it was a good story. But it wasn't a horror story. It was a little supernatural, but not too much. And uh, it was more of a, I don't know how you'd classify that. I mean, it had a happy ending kind of and everything like that. But a lot of the Stephen King fans, oh, he doesn't have it anymore. And he what the fuck, he's writing kind of, you know, shit like this. It actually turned off his core audience that are used to, you know, fucking It and See, Pet I, Cemetery. I, I liked it. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. And I think a lot of, like, Stephen King's best work is, like, his shard, his Shawshanks, his Green Miles. Yeah, his, it was supernatural like, elements, but not necessarily horror or anything like that. But I think a lot of writers do fall into that category. Think about all the science fiction authors from the past who might uh, or who wrote things that weren't science fiction, but that's what they're known for. So their non science fiction work just uh, doesn't get the acclaim it probably should. So like, I guess like if if that's something like the science science fiction, if that's like, if you go in, like, I just want to write sci-fi, that's all, like, I got stories, and I'm not worried about, like, dramas or, like, you know, crime stories or anything like that. I just want to be, like, a sci-fi writer. Mm-hmm. So, that's where it might, you know, would help to if you to build up a, a certain kind of persona and, and, and like, a gimmick. But, again, it's still tricky because if you do it too much, people might, like, see through it and mm-hmm. like that's not I don't like whenever you like uh, you get into music a lot where or, or stand up and you're like this person isn't being themselves mm-hmm. or or real like you know what I mean you don't have that you lose that kind of connection to them and I think that could help could you know hurt readers to to get into your work sometimes 
Or stay, they might get into, but then have any lasting power with them. Right. Well, there's a couple things that can hinder you. Like you said, if your author persona is too strong or your gimmick is too strong and that's all people know you for, for instance, like Hemingway with the super manly macho man, well, you know, if he uh, decided to write a sci-fi story or a romantic comedy or something, he might not, his work might not have got that kind of attention. Um, he would have to do it like, uh, like Stephen King did. Keep Use a pseudonym. Yeah, and he when he did the Richard Barkman books. Now, granted, once you kind of read those, like, these seem like Stephen King mm-hmm. books. But I'm sure there's like you know that's probably countless stories of like famous authors using different names to For different genres. That yeah. used to be actually pretty prevalent back in the day. Here's one that I always got, um, I always thought was a little strange. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. I wouldn't say she really has too much of an author persona. Because I mean, when you think of J.K. Rowling, you just think of Harry Potter. Yeah. So that's kind of one of those ones where it's more like she is too intertwined with the work that made her popular. Yeah. And this is like no dig against her. I'm just not that familiar with her work. If she's written much of anything, I'll I think she's. I think she has some books outside of Harry Potter that are more adult themed and stuff. But, but I don't just think owned. because again, she got too intertwined with the Harry Potter, which is I mean, obviously made her a billionaire. Yeah, so work, fuck, I take it. But work out for her, you know. But think like if you're J.K. Rowling and you want to write an adult, just an adult, a, you want to write an adult book with adult themes that has nothing to do with magic or you know Harry Potter or anything like that, and people see your name on that book. It might be a hard sell. Yeah, or they might be, make the mistake of getting in for like their kid or something, and then yeah. you have to deal with that because the the parents are dumb enough to not check to see what it's about. Yes, I mean it's just really tricky, and especially now I feel like having an author persona with so many writers and um, up and coming writers out there, and then with like Twitter and social media, I think it's more important than ever to have like a real solid author persona. So when people say go to your Twitter profile or your website, they they can see what you're about, can kind of say, okay, I kind of know what his his work is going to be like just based off of how he presents himself. But that's a really hard thing to build. Like like we were saying earlier, for me, I don't have much of an author persona, but at the same time, I like to write any kind of fiction. Yeah, that's, that's why I have would be my main negative against what like again it's the difference between having a persona and having like a presence mm-hmm. on all like the social media so your your fans or other other writers and stuff can get to know you other than having a you know a quote unquote gimmick like you know um because I I want to be known for whatever work it is yeah that you're putting out. Uh, if that's, you know, if that's a sci-fi, if that's a horror, if it's a comic, like, you know. See, but I feel like the more successful you get and the more readers you get, you will start to get pushed into certain directions. So, yeah. say your sci-fi stories get more popular than your horror writing. You're You'll get sci- more, you get pushed more into sci-fi, maybe even start writing more sci-fi because that's what's doing well. Yeah. And then that's how you kind of get pigeonholed into a genre. And, like, if you go through Twitter... I've noticed just like my followers over like the last year or so, I've seen a lot of writers start shifting. Like you see them grow as a writer and they start yeah. shifting into certain directions. And then they're all of a sudden they create, they're creating their own author persona. And you, you'll you see a lot of like their little bios. 
they get really specific, like, you know, I'm an LBGTQ writer yeah. and I write, or I write vampire fantasy fiction. Like, it's very specific. Like, I don't do that. No, I would I really don't want to get pigeonholed in a genre or have people think, oh, that's Caleb James. He is known for writing, you know, old timey literary fuck fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's known for James Joyce fart fiction, <laughs> fart fan fiction. Oh. Um,. Yeah, because then too, just because you might have wrote a good story or something like that in that genre, you don't want to get pigeonholed into that. Just A, because we're talking about wanting to do different kind of stories, but then you might not like writing that kind of story. That mm-hmm. kind of story might be like a pain in your ass to write, but that's the only thing people are going to buy of your stuff. Well, there's some writers who have absolutely hated the work that made them famous. And not they don't hate it because it made them famous. They hate it because they just they didn't like the story. Like in the old days when you'd put out something, if you had a you know a publisher and an agent and stuff, it was almost like you didn't have much of a choice to put it out. I mean, you obviously could say no, but you want to get paid. Yeah. So it's going out, and then they get known for that, and then they fucking hated it. And that uh, brings up kind of a different question too. If you want to go the traditional publishing route and get an agent again with that author persona. A lot of times, one of their questions, well, what kind of fiction do you write? Yeah. Because a publisher... So they know it, how to market you. Yeah, and just a marketing standpoint, it makes sense, though. It's a lot easier to, you know, say, hey, this guy got a good uh, sci-fi writer versus, oh, this guy, I mean, he just writes everything, but, you know, he has good sci-fi stories. No, they just, yep, got a new sci-fi writer. And then they'll send you to a publisher that mainly does sci-fi work and things. It's just easier to present it that way and maybe our opinion on this will change over the years because like as of now we're still i would say testing the waters and different you know grounds and building up our fiction to the point now where we're gonna start releasing work here but at the same time i think by next year we'll probably have more direction and where we go as writers I, i just i'm worried that we'll end up getting ourselves put into the specific genre because I don't, I mean, I like writing horror stories, but I definitely wouldn't want to be known just as a horror writer. And, I mean, I don't do a lot of sci-fi or, like, fantasy or anything, but some of the stories I had that had those elements always seem to do better. Just because of our readers, that's what they like. But do you let the audience dictate what you write? That's, like, the age-old question. If you knew, like, say your audience really likes your horror writing, if you knew that's what's going to bring in more readers, more success, more money your way... Is that what you're going to end up focusing on? If you want a career, I would say yes. I think for us, like if we're just going on us right now, at our point, you'd have to do, you'd have to go yes, because to get paid anything by somebody that's not ourselves yeah, for something that we've done, you know. Um, yeah, we'd be fucking happy. But that's the thing. That's how it starts, though, because you, you get, I mean, at this stage in the game, you're kind of going to take whatever you can get. Yeah. So somebody offers you, you know, to publish a story of yours, you'd be like, fuck yeah. But then, you know, you start building up and all of a sudden you realize it's only the horror stories people want to publish. And then, you know, down the road, all of a sudden you're a horror writer and that wasn't your initial goal. You might start to kind of resent it. Well, I think you would have to be very mindful at where you're at at times and to do like what I would do. What I would try to do, you know, this is, you know, what what the fuck do I know? But I would think you would have to try to, like, if you were starting to get known as the horror guy and you didn't want that, put out a different kind of story. It might not get a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it might not get a lot of 
good reviews or something like that, but you, you kind of put it out there, and then you write a couple more of your horror stories, and then you put another story yeah, out. Like, you kind of just slowly, in between the horror stuff... Like, hey, I can do this, too. Yeah, try to build up other facets of your writing skills, and then maybe... You get the horror guys that like you, so they're like, oh, he got this other book. I'll check it out. Oh, it's good, too. Oh, then you might be able to get other fans from those other genres, and then they see that, and then they see all your other work in this horror, and they might not be a big horror guy, but they see they like the the other yeah. work that you've gone, so they might go and try some other of your stuff. It almost goes with, like, uh, actors who are really good singers. Yeah. And they want to do both, or maybe, you know, sometimes you see uh, singers who, that's what they want to do, but they don't make it, but they make it as actors, and then eventually, like a Justin Timberlake, he kind of was a famous singer first, wanted to be an actor, that's the reverse. He managed to pull it off, but a lot of people don't. So, like, that could happen to you in writing, though. You, maybe you really, really want to be a horror writer, but everybody likes your sci-fi, and no matter how much horror you put out, you just don't seem to get that audience. I was... Well, I was trying to steal my, like, what I was just saying is because I was thinking of how Rogan always talks about whenever you, or whenever they started out doing comedy, you just do whatever you could do to get a laugh. Yeah. So, basically, right, anything that can get you published until you get kind of, you know, you get some years in, you get a bit of a, a following, and then you get to the point where you feel like, I can branch out and, like, I can have actual thoughts slash stories that I want to tell in different aspects if I do good enough that the fan base will want to. Well, I think stand-up is, like, a great thing to compare it to because, say, like, Andrew Dice Clay. When you think of his stand-up, you you know, you think of the knick-knack, paddywhack, suck-a-dick, oh, that dumb shit. Well, if he changed up his comedy act... Probably wouldn't get. I mean, as of now, he's not a huge stand-up comedian anymore. But at one time, he's like the most famous guy. But he kind of got pigeonholed in that gimmick. Did you know that that was just uh, like a character? Yeah, was one one of his characters in a whole like like he'd have like three or four characters. Well, that's like Larry the Cable Guy. That's a character. Yeah, like that was just a complete character. His name's like Bill or something, and uh, he started off as a normal comedian, and then he created that character, and that's what blew up. And think of Larry the Cable Guy. Like, yeah, he has huge success, but if he wanted to do a normal stand-up as, like, Bill again, yeah. or whatever his name was, I don't think he probably wouldn't be successful. No. Or he'd have to do Bill, whatever whatever his name is, the Cable, the cable Guy. Yeah. Kind of like how, like, even now to a point, The Rock has to have, like, Dur- still the rock. Drain the Rock Johnson, like. I guess what it comes down to is uh, once you start getting some success... You just stay in your lane. Once you get known as a certain kind of author, do you just stay in that lane and milk the success? And then maybe if you're lucky, you can go like a Stephen King route when you get more famous or successful and start putting out different work. What would be nice is the goal would be to make enough money doing what maybe you've got pigeon-toed into that you got a bit of like, fuck you money. To where you can put out a book and you're not worried about like, okay, if this doesn't sell so many copies, Mm. I am screwed. You can, you, you're able to, play, you know, you don't want a book to bomb, but it's not going to bankrupt you yeah. if it doesn't do the greatest. Kind of going back to creating, like, that author persona, I think one of the most important thing, like, you touched on at the very beginning, you kind of have to be yourself. 
I mean, maybe um, you want to kind of exaggerate it. Like, whatever, you know, if you're a real funny guy. Like, I see a lot of Twitter writers, they go kind of the the funny guy route. Yeah. So, they're always posting jokes and stuff, and they're trying to be, like, the funny guy, and then they're also a writer. Maybe, you know, probably in real life, they're pretty funny. And so, what they did was they kind of exaggerated that. Maybe a lot of their work has uh, humor elements into it. That's a great way to bring an audience. Or, you know, say you're, like, we're always going back to the horror guy. You know, you're a horror writer. Well, maybe you kind of... Like a Dirk Manning, he kind of has like the side persona where he's like yeah. a mysterious, like his picture, he has his face covered, the big hat, and he. But writes, like, if you go, if you go to a convention, yeah, you talk to he, him. He's, he's not just, like he's just in his like a normal, normal clothes. Yeah, he's like a normal dude. He does fucking karaoke and shit. But loves his, ice cream. Yeah, but his persona, just what to get the readers initially interested, is almost like a like a Lord of Darkness type of persona. Yeah. Or he he has this. Um, because in his persona, he has, like, this scarf that covers up the bottom half of his face. Mm-hmm. And a big top hat. Uh, but like we said, he doesn't wear those things at conventions. But to say, like, if you got a picture with him, he'd either take his hand or, like, cover a, copy of, a, co- or a copy of his comic or something and cover up the bottom half of his face to kind of play within the gimmick to even the point that, like, the other people in the pictures would do the same thing, yeah. cover the bottom half of their face and, you know, and, and take, like, a selfie. I mean, it's a simple thing, but just creating that gimmick, I mean, that's brought an audience to him. Like we were saying, what, uh, what does, what's really good with him is he's not really, you know, that's not who he is as a person. He's not some fucking mysterious, weird guy. Yeah. Like, that's just his gimmick. After bringing the readers in, like, they get to know him, and then they get invested in who he is as a person. Like, you go on his Facebook, you watch his videos that he posts and stuff, and like, oh, he's just a cool dude. And then, you know, and then you, that gives you even more fun to, to have with the gimmick, because mm-hmm. then they also know that it's not this serious, not, yeah. seri- serious thing. It's, it's kind of like a long-running joke that you have yeah. with your audience. To, the main thing to avoid getting pigeonholed you can take on a gimmick, but don't let the gimmick take you. Yeah. Like, do not let the gimmick become you because once you're known for something and then that you have to play up to it all the time, like Colonel Sanders, you know, he was the colonel. Yeah. When he finally got famous, he would not leave the house unless he was wearing the fucking Colonel Sanders outfit. Like, but now people, they don't even realize he was a real dude. Like, he was like, he was actually playing this Colonel Sanders character all the time. You don't want that. You want to be a real dude. You just want people to like, you know, get interested in you because of your persona, but then they want to dig deeper and find out there's more to it. Yeah. If you're just like a surface level, if your persona is just the surface level, you know, weirdness or whatever it is, once people dig deeper, if there's nothing there, they're going to be disappointed. Mm. I would say be yourself and just kind of exaggerate your good points. You do want some direction. So say you want to be known as a romance writer, you definitely want to steer like your online your groups uh the people like you who you follow and the things you're associated with you want to steer that to romance you know towards romance a little bit so you bring in that audience but i would say unless you 100 percent want to be a romance writer and that's it nothing else you don't want to dive so hard into that you can't get back out mm-hmm. so i would say it's like the shallow end stay in the shallow end don't go too far in the deep end because once you you know take that plunge you're you're committed to that one thing so if you want to be the horror guy fine you can commit to that but just know you get popular enough and then you decide you want to write sci-fi or something or a romantic comedy people might not enjoy it or not even give it a chance because well, what the fuck I, I like him for this work i don't want to see him do, like musicians get that all the time when they try to try something new 
like say you had a fucking uh, Metallica back in the day, they wanted to switch up and try folk rock. <laughs> People were gonna be like, "What the fuck? Get out of here!" No, I thought he was gonna go with like that time Kenny G tried to drop a rap album. Did Kenny G drop a rap? No, oh. that would be great. Yeah, see, his fans would be turned off immediately. What other advice would you give for people creating that perfect persona that we don't have? I feel, I feel, I do feel like we're starting to get in that direction, though. Because, like, you know, just with the drunken pen writing, we kind of have the... Uh, buffoonery? Yeah, we get a little bit of buffoonery, but I like to think we have a kind of a sophisticated buffoonery. Because between, you know, drinking and being stupid, we do bring some some elements of actual merit to the world. Dudex, the little like the dude, the dude, yeah, kind of the dude, yeah, the big Lebowski. We just don't ever drink any white, uh, white Russians, is all. Can't drink milk, man. Ah, oh, yeah, makes my throat swell up. I'll die on air. Everybody will cry. Could you do? I wonder. Could you do like? What about like soy milk? Can you drink soy milk? Yeah, soy milk. Um, I wonder. Can you do right, a white Russian with soy milk? See why not? It'd be just as disgusting as it probably is normally. I don't bad. want. I don't want milk in my fucking alcohol. It, it's not bad. You've had. You, you know, I'm not a big like super drinker like you are. You want, yeah, your fucking drink of choice would be a white Russian. <laughs> I've tried it before. What's in a white Russian? Fucking Kahlua or something? I don't I know. I think so. I don't know. My brother made it Some for me one time. Some kind of cream liquor and milk. My brother made it for me one time, and it was good. And then I blew his mind. I was like, what about if you did a right Russian with chocolate milk? Oh, shit. Yeah. Chocolate Russian. I didn't think he said it tasted okay, but probably preferred the, the you know, the, 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 the normal white. I don't know. And Big Lebowski always drank white Russians. I always thought it looked disgusting. Of course, he always had it all over his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> it's just dripping. Yeah, I think there's vodka think in it. I'm not a big vodka guy. I don't know. I'm sure it's delicious. It's one of the few drinks I haven't tried. Because it could kill you. Yeah, because uh, I don't want to die. That's a weird... That's a shitty allergy to have. Dude. It is. eat ice cream, and I love ice cream. And sometimes I'll just fucking go for it. Take a shitload of Benadryl and just kind of let my face swell up a little bit. But you know what? I might have a couple sips of milkshake. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. I'm digging it. Oh, get up in that ass. But yeah, I think we're kind of steering ourselves towards at least a little bit. Not necessarily a gimmick, but... Kind of what people know us for, and then at least I like to think now where I'm at the point where if you read something on the site, you could distinguish between my work, your work, yeah. somebody else's work. Yeah, there's obviously still a lot of fine tuning we're doing, but I think that's one thing. I think we're definitely doing it the right way because I see a lot of authors literally within like the first year they're trying to fucking you know shop around a novel. Obviously, it doesn't do well because they're not experienced enough, and then they uh, self publish it, and if you read it, it's usually garbage. Like, build yourself up. Start with flash fiction. Start with short stories. Really build put, your skills to tell... Put the legwork in. Yeah, really. The time, the effort. You have to be able to tell a story and write it properly. You know, you have to know your grammatical rules and things like that. But more importantly, you have to be able to tell a story in a way that the reader is going to enjoy. Until you could do that, you shouldn't be putting out fucking, you know, trying to sell novels, you know, self-published 300-page novels on Amazon. Because, nope, you're not going to build an audience that way. Start small. Um, I mean, that's a little side topic, but that's also a good way to build your author persona because people read your short stories. They kind of get a feel for how you think. And then you just build upon that, and eventually, you I mean, again, you might get known for, say, one kind of fiction over another. But when you're starting out, that's not such a bad thing as long as you're getting readers. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, I, other than... Just being yourself and kind of playing up your natural attributes. 
building up the social media following, that's the tough one, like, for me, because I generally don't care that much about, like, what people, like, I like interacting with people, like, for instance, on Twitter, I like talking to people, that's what I enjoy, but when it comes, like, just the fucking random bullshit pleasantries that you're supposed to put out, like, uh, you know, asking fucking dumb questions, like, hey, does your protagonist, like, Chocolate milk or white milk? Yeah. Like, who the fuck cares? Making I, making polls. Yeah, make it, I see that all the time because just, they just want to get people to comment and like and, you know, grow their audience. I get it, but that's not doing you any favors. Like, put out real content. Like, you know, put out fucking some excerpts from your story. Ask fucking pertinent questions that might actually make people think. Like, that's at least what I try to do. I mean, sometimes I'll play the fucking, you know, stupid question game or you know, comment on some people's stuff that I might not necessarily care about too much. Yeah, just to try to keep those connections tight. But when it comes to building up your, like, social media, I think that's probably one of the most important things for an author, but also one of the most detrimental. Because if you're fucking, like, a lot of people I see, they're on Twitter nonstop all day. And yeah, they might get 5,000 followers in a couple months, but... What the fuck are you writing? Yeah, you, you don't have anything to show them. What's the point of having 10,000 followers on Twitter if you don't have anything to share with them other than, you know... This is what I ate today. Yeah, it's what I... What does your, your main character eat? What's his favorite food? What is his or her, you know... Is he, he him and her left-handed or right-handed? Like, who the fuck? Nobody cares. I just... That's... I feel like people use that as the, a distraction. They go on there and they just try to make up random bullshit. They call it work. Yeah, like, it's I. Th- I think a lot of people want to be a writer but don't want to write. They just like the romanticized version yeah. of, "Hey, I'm a writer," and people look at them like, "Oh shit, this guy's a writer." You know, that's a fucking that's that's something not everybody could do. That's pretty impressive. But you, anybody could just say they're a writer. You're basically talking about Brian the dog from Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking always working on his novel in a Starbucks. Everybody can see him, but it's fucking he's just trash and he never puts anything out. Ooh. Yeah, I, I don't get that behavior. If you're a writer, sit down and fucking write. Do the goddamn work. Because even if you, like, one thing I will do, if I'm having a hard time writing or, you know, you just go through those little patches where you're just like, ah, you're sitting there and nothing is coming out of your head. Even if you have the ideas, you just can't put them down. I don't use Twitter as an escape like i don't go you know what i'm just gonna go on twitter and fuck around until i feel like right no because when you get in that habit that's how you end up like these fucks who are on twitter all day and write a hundred words a week that that's not that's not being a writer that's just being a jackass some of those people have really solid author uh personas people like oh yeah this fucking i know this lady she's a romance writer and she you know she's going to all these conventions and doing all this stuff she doesn't have a book out she doesn't have, have fucking short read, stories you could read. Have you read any of her stuff yet? Yeah. She has one collection that's out, and uh, the reviews yeah. form are all awful. That you can read digitally. Yeah. Everything on there is full of spelling and grammatical errors. It, I think it all comes down to how serious you want to take it. Like, there's some writers who are not only excellent writers, but they do put in the work, and they do their best. And they never sell shit because they have zero author persona. Nobody knows. Nobody cares about them. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum where you have like a fucking Stephanie Meyer who, you know, people know her as the fuck fiction writer or, well, Twilight or whatever. Vampire fuck fiction. Um, So they know her for that. And like she created an author persona off of that. 
But at the same time, is she that talented? It's debatable. Time will tell. I say the writing tells, and the writing says, Fooey! <laughs> I shun you, lady. I shun your Twilight series. I don't think it's good. I think it was written poorly. <laughs> that and, turned quick. And everybody that bought that book and said it was great, I don't want you to read my books. Oh, wow, that's a lot of people not yeah. reading your books. Well, I don't think they'd read my work anyway. I'm not saying I'm some kind of fucking lyrical genius of sorts. I'm just, I feel like the people that read Twilight probably would not read the work we're putting out. Unless we put out fuck fiction or something. Which, you know. I think the audience that loved Twilight went to Fifty Shades of Grey. But they got nothing now, though, I think. Well, also, we don't write for teenage girls. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Everybody has their lane. Like, I don't hate Stephanie Meyer for writing Twilight. I don't hate her audience for reading Twilight. But I don't like when adults read Twilight and they say that's great because you're just you're just talking bull honky. You know what gets... Uh, you know what grinds my goddamn gears is seeing adults... Like, there are certain people in, like, where we used to work at. They're, like, 26 and they're reading young adult fiction... That shit just, like, read something that, I don't know. Read your age level. Something like that, yeah. Like, I just, I don't get it. And I mean, like, I understand there's, like, there's certain things like Harry Potter. Potter. Like, I could see, like, a grown person maybe. Yeah, that's reading different. Ha- like, you know, but. Like, the fucking, you know, 28-year-old reading the Divergent series. Yeah, like that just seems off to me for some reason. What? And it's always a series. Oh yeah, it's it's a series of at least three books that, that I've noticed, and there's so many of them. I don't understand. Like this. they're all written the same. I don't know if you ever peeked at some of them, but they just the quality is like the same across the board. It's just this. E- I think it's because it's. I think the reason why a lot you'll see a lot of adults, usually adult women too, I noticed that'll read that stuff. Is because it's the same story that they like, and it's kind of easy reading, so they don't have to be too invested or pay a lot of attention. They just kind of, you know, you could read fucking probably 10 chapters in like 20 minutes. And then they get done, like, oh, I just read a book. They get the satisfaction of finishing a book, but not really. I won't shit on anybody who's reading, but I will say you're probably not the most serious of readers if you're reading that, which is fine. Again, not everybody has to like the same things. You like young adult, whatever. But it is a little discerning when you are a writer and, you know, you say you struggle really hard to put together something real solid, really well written. And then you go to to like a bookstore and the top selling book of the month is like, you know, fucking Flatulence the Conqueror. And it's some fucking (laughs) young adult fiction, like dealing with... uh, you know, man saves woman, woman falls in love with a man. Birth fart, apparently. Yeah. I mean, it's in the title. Yeah. Have to... Almost, not, like, very few words in the book are more than eight letters long. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I don't dig it. I, I understand where I don't have the same anger as you do, maybe. My anger lies with the praising of mediocrity. Yes. That's what I don't like. And that goes with all facets of life. When you have fucking Cardi B winning rap, you know, rap album of the year at the Grammys, you could go suck a big fat dick world if you're voting for that shit. I haven't even, like, listened to any new rap. It's terrible. In, in, yeah, but in, like, decades, but yet I still know that Cardi B, no. Is a no. I just, I hate mediocrity when it's, like, praised and wins awards and shit because I guess it's a popularity contest, but why is it even popular to begin with? Like, why 
does fucking Fifty Shades of Grey get three movies? Terribly made movies from terribly made books, and everybody knew it was going to be terrible, yet they all bought it. I just don't understand. Pisses me off. Pisses me right the fudge off. Ooh. Fudge. Fudge. Fudge and pancakes. Flapjacks. Flapjacks. Anyway, so you got to have an author persona, <laughs> and you got to write well, and you can't be like a Cardi B because, or you can't because that's, if you want to just make money, fuck it. That's it. Here's another one. You want to be just making shit loads if of money as a writer? A, if you can make a weird sound with your mouth. <laughs> yeah, you just want to say, oh, whatever dumb shit she says. You can end up on a, on a, uh, on a Pepsi Super Bowl commercial with Little John and Stephen Carell. <sighs> Sorry, my soul was leaving my body. Yeah, because that's what you... Like, you don't want to have your writer profile and end up like Little John, where the only thing you can say yeah. is... Or, okay! But you it, can't say any of the words now. But if you get millions of dollars to do that, do you care? Again, it, 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 he did it. So does he still get millions of dollars now? They probably gave him 50 bucks and a, and a six-pack of Pepsi to be in that goddamn commercial. Yeah, but he's so rich now. I don't think it matters. Like he, You think he, you think little John spent his money well? I think you think he, he invested in stock portfolios? I know he 100% did because that was just a gimmick, Spencer. You think? He's not, that's not little is John. It, that's a it, gimmick. Is it... Is it like, uh, didn't Dave Chappelle do a skit? Yeah, where <laughs> he's all sophisticated and shit. I think I just realized the difference between people, I'll say like us versus like a Stephanie Meyer or those kind of people, or anybody that's just writing for money is, there's a big difference between people who write just for the sake of creating art and putting something good into the world and people who just want to make money or get noticed, or get attention. So, like, if you go through Twitter, I would say 90% of the fucking writers I've seen on there, they just, uh, that goes with the whole, why does your, does your main character like to wash the dishes, or like to do laundry more? Like, that kind of shit is just trying to get attention. I think that's what a lot of writers that get into it do, is like I said earlier, you know, the romanticized Brian Griffin fucking writer, is you just want people to think you're a writer because you like the attention it brings you. You and maybe if you get money from doing it, that would be awesome too. But uh, you don't really care about creating art. But by, so by that logic, are you trying to say that we're artists? I would say so. Are we artisanal? Artisanal. Do we create images in the mind from nothing more than mere black smears on a page? Probably very poorly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we still try. But we're getting there. Well, I think that's why you could separate a Stephen King from a Stephanie Meyer. Because Stephen King is putting some fucking work in. Even to, now. To put out some shit that'll last. Like, you read a Stephen King novel, scenes from that novel will stick with you for life. You go read the whole fucking Twilight series five times in a row, and you probably. You might not even remember the fucking main character's name a year later. Because Stephen King. He doesn't have to write another fucking word. No, so that, that's, but he can tell he's writing because it. he loves writing. Yeah. And that's that's the difference. Somebody that loves writing, they're always going to write whether they're fucking famous or not, whether they make it, you know, as they become a successful writer or not, you're always going to write. Like, till the day I die, unless something fucking really weird happens, I'm probably just going to write no matter where I make it in the fucking writing world. And as, as I mentioned before... Mr. King has the ultimate fuck you money 
Yeah. So like he can put out that little levitation book and like if people be like, oh, I people shit on it? Like oh, fuck it. it. I don't care. I liked writing it. It was fun. I thought the story was neat. They published it. I got some money. And okay, here's another uh, another volume to it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome to be able to do that. Here is Misery Part 2. Misery. <laughs> I just don't like a lot of things in this world, Spencer. So many. I feel like there's more that I don't like than I do. That's what happens when you get older. When you're young and fresh, and the world has not opened itself to you yet, you think everything's sunshine and rainbows. But did as you age, that sunshine and rainbow turns into a cloud. Did, when you were a kid, did you think it was sunshine and rainbows? No, my childhood was awful. I always thought it was fucking scum and vile dirt bottom dregs of society. The world, so dark and bleak. Man's heart bleeds and doesn't stop. Did you grow up in Gotham? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Washington. It's very similar looking. Look outside right now. Everything's gray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like 70-something degrees out, but it's, it's just gray and ugly, and I don't want to go outside. And would you be sad surprised if you, if you saw somebody <laughs> running around in a bad suit trying to punch yeah. people in the face? There's a reason why fucking Pittsburgh was used in Dark Knight, Ri- Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. It's just a gloomy, shitty... It's perfect for Gotham. I don't know if we touched on everything I wanted to touch on or not, but I think we did an yeah. adequate job. Well, can you think of anything else? I mean, you got, like... Unless you want me to go on another diatribe about things I dislike or something, uh... Uh, about man. 57 minutes into this bad bitch. After I take out 20 minutes of awful filler, though, it's, <laughs> it won't be as long. Uh, you can leave some of the filler in. I always leave some of the filler in. Usually the intro... Usually there's the intro to the intro to the intro. So at some point, I have to take one of those out. I usually pick the funniest one and keep in. And then... So sometimes you just gotta... Sometimes I keep them all. Just fuck it. That's how we're feeling. We could take, you know, you could take one of those and just do it at the back and have that be like the after credit scene. That's true. That's I could always do. Marvel style. It worked for them. It can work for us. <laughs> well, I'll... ten years of DPW. Can I hear it? Well, we could always end this episode and just do a drunken bullshit episode. Fuck it. Unless you got something to do, I don't. I mean, no, I was planning on getting something to eat and sleeping here soon, but that's it. I mean. Nothing. It's pretty bold of you to say you're going to sleep in my house, but okay. Well, I mean... I was, I was, That's what you use the comma. Well. Sleeping here soon. Wait a minute. All right, folks. I hope that you found something useful from this, other than us and our dislike for Twilight, which we probably talk about more than we should. I feel like we should invest our time in positive energy and not hating on things. But it's so hard not to be like, you know, put yourself in the Seinfeld universe and just hating everything. Because it's so that's, easy. That's my bread and butter. Yeah, it's, it's just so easy to point out things that suck. And it's a lot harder to praise the things that are good. I'll leave you folks on that note. <laughs>